Hello, thank you for joining me today on the Charm Studio podcast. This is going to be a rebellious, um, good episode. If you're interested in turning the tables on art biz hypnotism and looking at the real relationship between prosperity and happiness, and it's not the one we've been told. So this is, my name is Thea Fiore Bloom. I am the artist and journalist behind the Charm Studio blog over at www.thecharmstudio.com. And it's a po- this podcast and the blog is for heart-centered artists like you and heart-centered writers like you who want to write better, who want to sell better, who want to feel better, but only if you get to be yourself. So this podcast was inspired by a book I'm reading called The Happiness Advantage, How a Positive Life how a positive brain fuels success in work and life. And it's by a guy named Sean Anker, who's a Harvard um, researcher. And I just love the idea that it turns, the, the whole field of positive psychology currently turns the whole art marketing world of art biz gurus on its head with its findings. And those findings are this, that all these Harvard studies are proving again and again that the thing that comes first is happiness. And then what follows happiness is success. That it's not success that makes you happy, but that happiness that makes for your success. So I, I just find that so incredibly amazing and that, and it's so, it makes sense. But we're taught in art biz land that we have to go through all these grueling activities like art marketing and making Instagram vines and selling ourselves to the point where we're completely uncomfortable. And then after that, misery will come prosperity, which will make us happy. And we all, deep down, I think we really know, that's why this research is so welcome. We know that actually if we just were doing our own thing and making art based on studies of 18th century mermaid lore or 1600s cabinets of curiosity or you know uh, whatever turns our big brains on and if we were making sincere and genuine connection with people in our community our art would sell but we've been taught a completely other system that you can't just talk to people in your neighborhood you can't talk to people around you that are interested in what you're interested in what are you crazy you know um, you have to abandon the community that you've created right around you and that if those people buy your art, that doesn't mean anything. If friends and family buy your art, it doesn't mean anything. If people in your uh, whatever club you're in, your book club, buy your, heart, buy your art, that doesn't count. What really counts and what you need to do, we're told, is that you have to sell to a blank, faceless group of strangers online. And that's how you do it. So you just sit in your isolated cubicle making your art and you make it according to the latest trends and everything so that it'll sell more to these faceless masses. And I just wanted to make a podcast today to honor a subscriber of mine who's a really successful artist I love who has, you know, given the (laughs) polite way to say it, uh, told those kind of people that that's not where uh, she's going to live her life. And her name is Linda Blondheim, and a lot of you may have heard of her. Uh, She's over at lindablondheim.com, and I'll leave the link in the show notes. And what I love about her is that she sells her art 
a lot of it locally. And she sells it through tea parties and cake parties. And her newsletters have these wonderful recipes for different kinds of casseroles and um, just, you know, whatever she's having for dinner, whatever bread she's baking, whatever she's doing, she's sharing it. Uh, but she's not constantly suffering online. Her happiness came first and then her prosperity came after that. And I wanted to read to you a little bit of uh, from a post. I got her permission that I love. One of my favorite posts of hers. It's called Don't Be Concerned. And Linda says, I think a lot of artists are overly concerned about how others in the art community view them and their work. In my youth, said Linda, that was all really important to me. I rested my future on the opinions of others. I rested my future on the opinions of my peers, of my art professors, of gallery owners, and museum directors. And you know, I was missing the whole point of being a painter. It really isn't about any of those people. It's only about me. What am I willing to learn so I can grow? None of those people make a living for me. Yes, I've shown in many museum exhibits and galleries, and I occasionally sell to folk who run the art community even, but the people who support me regularly don't publish art magazines. My supporters come from every career path. They love nature. They love the agricultural and primal Florida that I'm devoted to. And she goes on to say that those of us who don't much care about the art community's tastes and trends tend to be pretty happy with our careers. I go on my way, experimenting, trying stuff I've never done, combining experiments, painting stuff that's hard for me to paint, and often failing. But there's enormous freedom in not caring about what quote-unquote important people think. And so I just wanted to give you guys this as an example today of somebody who's having a great time, who's happy, whose happiness in her scientific approach to things, in her painterly approach to things, in her love of her kitchen, all of this happiness, love of her family and love of her community has created this happiness, which has then create that happiness people pick up on and have picked her up, picked her up on their shoulders and led to her success in art sales. Um, so I just want you to remember to go to think about Who's right around you? What's the miracle? The gold that there's a Nigerian proverb about the very, you know, the gold, the real gold is buried in your own backyard. And I'd love for us to think about this today. I had a, a, a link to a post in the show notes about art marketing for introverts, which is a story-based post of a wonderful subscriber of mine in Alaska who decided to come out of her tiny studio, come off of Facebook and go into the wilds of her community for a whole summer. She made herself go out in uh, weekend after weekend to these festivals in Alaska and how the incredible prosperity that resulted from her taking this non-traditional approach and just meeting, you know, the Sesame Street thing, you know, meeting the people in your neighborhood. And that's, it's right there for us, but we don't think it counts. I'll give you an example from my life too, is that, I really wanted to be in the Venice Art Walk or the Venice Art Crawl. or um, And there was a neighbor of mine who saw my art and loved it. And I was helping her lift some boxes into her house. And then she happened to come back into my garage and she saw some of my boxes and asked me, she goes, and I was talking to her about that one day I wanted to be on one of these art walks or art crawls. And she said to me, why don't you, I'm the director of that. 
she goes, uh, you're in. Uh, absolutely. Where would you like to, this spot or this spot, whatever. And I just find it so fascinating that, you know, our, the gold is in our own backyards. So when I was living there, that's all I needed to do was open my heart, be myself and these uh, and be happy and make my own art and the opportunities came to me but if I had listened to art biz gurus I would have not been outside that day I would be inside sweating it over sending coupon codes you know but coupon codes to strangers work far less as far as prosperity goes than creating wonderful community with people who love you and love your work and that will be bettered by it that are right around you okay um I want to end with just, uh, this is going to be a short podcast, but the idea, uh, just to stress again, that the happiness advantage is that a positive self image and a positive brain and, and investigating everything you love is going to bring you success in life and not the other way around. And I want to end with a listener question and go back to Linda for one second that I had a kind, lovely podcast listener, Lori, ask, do you have any unique ideas for nurturing the relationship with your collectors? So I asked Linda this question and her answer was typically radical and made perfect sense that her idea of a unique idea for nurturing a relationship with your collectors is to be friends with them. Sincerely to be involved in a deep friendship, not a surface friendship, but to really seek them out as friends. She said to the, the best thing you can do to have lifelong and wonderful relationships with your collectors is to make your collectors part of your life. And to earn their loyalty takes time, she told me, and it takes commitment. But the most important thing it takes for an artist is the honest desire to be their friend. And she said some collectors will not be responsive, but many will. And she said that she shares her stories of her life and her kitchen and through her newsletters, through her emails. She has a great online group called Arts and Stories, if you want to check it out. And the more that they can relate to your real life, she said, the more of a true friend they'll be to you, the more that you can look for opportunities to help them and they can help you. And so Linda is an upland and wetland naturalist. And so she stares all these stories of the natural world and photos of it and photos of when she's baking bread in her kitchen and whatever she's studying that week and she has interest in, she shares with her collectors. And she she doesn't treat them like buyers and she doesn't ask for sales. She's not, you know, sending out coupon codes. She has a price list in the studio, she told me, so nobody has to ask her how much anything is. If they mention a painting, I, she tells them a story about it. If they say they wish I could afford it, she says, uh, she just mentioned she has a layaway program, but she never pushes. And they decide and purchase only if they feel comfortable and only if we have trust between us. And, you know, one, th one thing in answer to Lori's question, of course, is that Linda does send tiny paintings to all her collectors, you know, frequently in an envelope and she makes this handmade paper which is wonderful handmade envelopes and they really enjoy them and so a lot of art business people would say to only send like postcards of your art that are handmade only to your big collectors but the hysterical thing about that is that if you want to make a one-time buyer into a friend and a collector then send them something personal send them something you've made even for them um I have a, there's a wonderful artist and a subscriber, Meineke in Holland, who 
sometimes cuts up watercolor. She does these amazing architectural and wildlife, wild naturalist watercolors in Holland. And she sometimes will cut up the ones that don't work and just keep one good section on this really thick, gorgeous paper and send them out as bookmarks to people that she respects, loves the clients, whatever. And they're gorgeous. So, I mean, use your creativity. Use your big brain for your ideas of how you'd like to, I know this sounds crazy, but how you'd like to hold hands and skip and be friends with the people who have honored you by being interested in your work. And to go local and understand that that all counts and that your heart counts and that you matter and your heart matters and your brain matters and that we can all, I think, benefit from being happier with who we are at this very moment and how we run our wild art life instead of thinking that we have to be all buttoned up and be a suit. We're not suits. You know, we're artists, we're writers, we're poets, we're dancers, we're singers. And people are drawn to us because they need our work, because our work connects them to spirit oftentimes, you know. So it's not that our work solves a problem or solves a pain point. So that's why marketing is so difficult for artists when they follow the art biz model, because we're not selling a Toyota Camry. We're selling something that connects people up to nature, that connects people up to their deepest self, that connects people up to spirit. So I just want to encourage you guys to remember that beautiful thing that you do, that you are, and to think about ways to come back home to yourself and think about ways to come back home to your community and look at the last few sales you've had, that who they've been to, if it's friends or family or people in the community, and go there into that um field again and understand that you don't have to worry that your buyers are not people from Sotheby's with pearl necklaces and you know a bow ties holding up a paddle at an auction our our buyers are people like us that people that we meet like us so there's prosperity all around you and you just need to breathe it in and understand the wonder that is you and keep up with that happiness advantage understand that you're being beautiful to yourself and to your art is what's going to lead and and understanding the magic of your brain is what's going to lead to much more prosperity in your life. I wish you a thousand good things. If you have any questions, you can always write to me over at thecharmstudio.com slash contact. Take care. Bye-bye.